0: with me, Joey LaFranca, the co-host. I'm Matt Ledoux. Uh, Joey, how we doing?
1: Good, Matt. I'm excited to uh, be uh, starting this up here. I think we've been talking about it for, what, two months now, and and here we are. We're finally doing it.
0: Finally. Um, we we're waiting for, you know, some action to happen in the offseason, and uh, we got that in abundance over the last two weeks. Um, just to start this podcast, um, it's going to be revolved around the New York Yankees. We're going to talk about uh, what's gone on in the off season. We'll break down our maybe projections for the season. Uh, when the season begins, we'll give you our predictions. We'll break down series that have played out throughout the year. Um, and then post-season time, it'll be more the same. We'll break down um, just what we believe our outcomes in the series will be. And we'll go from there.
1: We're going to give a little bit of everything and everything. <laughs> Anything yeah. and everything, or everything and everything, whatever yeah, that works.
0: Whatever, whatever comes our way, we'll be ready for it.
1: So the um, off season has been uh, quite, quite. Uh, it was I'm mean, honestly, it was quite boring for like what up until mid January, and then things finally got going, at least from the Yankee perspective.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a very interesting off season. I mean, you knew it uh, coming off of COVID year, you knew that teams were going to be. Non-tendering players, uh, you knew teams were going to be taking it slow as far as signing players go. Some big names, obviously, baller's still out there. Um, J.T. Realmuto is another guy who he's he was out there for longer than I think many people expected. Um, but, of course, for the Yankee fans, the only guy we cared about getting primarily was D.J. LeMahieu, and the Yankees were able to do that. They get him on a six-year, $90 million contract. Uh, I thought it was a steal. You getting a guy who was an MVP caliber player for the past two seasons in the Bronx at $15 million a year. Uh, Joe, what did you think of contract when you first heard the terms of it
1: well when I saw the six years I went wow I thought that was kind of a little uh, strange because for the longest time we kept hearing four years four years four years and then to only see that it's 90 million dollars it was kind of a give and take by Lemayhu and the Yankees because Lemayhu wanted that security and then the Yankees didn't want to off- obviously offer too too much money because they had to you know they're trying to get under the uh, the luxury tax and, and all that fun stuff, and um, it ended up working out. But yeah, I was kind of surprised because you know until you actually look at it, it's a little confusing when you see six years and only nine uh, nine uh, ninety million. So I mean, when you look at it from from the perspective of the Yankees, yeah, you're right. It's like definitely a steal. And then from from DJ's perspective as well, it was no secret. He said he wanted to be back with the Yankees. He didn't kind of he didn't create a uh, he didn't create scenarios where people were thinking, wow, he might actually be leaving. So when you kind of put it in perspective of that, I think both both sides kind of came out on the winning end of things, but they also both made some sacrifices. But at the end of the day, you know, LeMahieu wants to come back because he obviously thinks the Yankees are in a position to uh, win a championship, and he can obviously be play a major part in that. So. I think that's going to be something moving forward that now that he's re-signed, I think maybe we'll actually see a better DJ than Mayhew, as crazy as that might sound, because he's just going to be comfortable now.
0: I totally agree. He's got the, uh, he's got the security going forward. You know, initially, when I because it's funny, you say the six years, when I saw that they had signed him, I said, okay, so we're going to be talking probably anywhere from the four- to five-year range, and being that he's 32 years old, I figured, you know, the Yankees are probably, they would go five to get it done, but they wouldn't go six. Uh, You look in the past at some guys that they passed on, you look at, for example, Patrick Corbin, I believe they didn't want to give him the sixth year. Now I know he's a starting pitcher. I know that that's a different case scenario, but that's a guy they didn't want to give the extra year to. So I figured with DJ, it would probably be, you know, four to five year range. But when you see the sixth year, um, it was really, you know, shocking to me, but I think in my mind, the Yankees are playing out that the first three to four years of the contract is what matters. Anything after that, I think they'll take cause that contract will end in what 2027, 2028. Yeah. And by then, I mean, what's 15 million going to be, you know?
1: It, no, you're absolutely right. And I also think too, if you're if if people are concerned from the perspective of um, what's going to happen at the the back end of that contract, think about who LeMahieu is. Think about his skill sets. And I think the main thing that you have to try and consider um, when you're thinking about that is he's a contact hitter. Yes, he does hit for some power, but his skill sets really really center around you know contact hitting. Bat on ball, which you know is kind of a lost art these days. People say it all right. the time. That's why Lemayhu has so much value, is because right. he's different than the the mainstream baseball player now, who it's, it's all about strikeout or homer. It seems like for most people. So, if you think about that, and also to his fielding ability, he's just a solid defender. It's and he's not, very versatile. Yeah, and he's very versatile too. So, um, if it, toward the toward the latter end of that contract if you know he's kind of on the decline or whatnot stick him at first base now i don't know four or five six years from now we'll still be talking about luke void at first base i mean it seems like every single day luke void is in also trade rumors so yep. when you kind of put it put things in perspective as far as that's concerned i think the contract's a win-win on so many different levels for dj it
0: allowed the yankees to um the biggest thing to me is it allowed the yankees to uh you know, go out and make other moves. It gave them more flexibility because now instead of having 20, $25 million tied up into one guy, like we, like, I think everybody thought that, you know, that contract would be for the average annual salary. It was 15. And with the Yankees trying to get under that 210, it, it gave them so much, you know, more room to play with. The biggest thing with me with the six years and why I didn't have an issue with it is you look in 2019, a full 162, he played in 150 games. And then you look at last year, it was a 62 game schedule or 60 games. And he played in 50 and you have to take into account. I mean, major league baseball players, they're not playing every single day anymore. I mean, they play, you know, three, four days in a row and they're getting, they're getting a break. So that he's healthy. And with this Yankee team, that's the biggest thing is health. And I, it's good to have him back. If he had gone to a team like the Blue Jays, I mean, <laughs> we would have felt it, especially with that young roster up there. They're, they're a scary team. Um, yeah, they're again, gonna have a, a, they're, a,
1: they're gonna have a pretty solid line. lineup to say the least. I mean, I think I think the main thing with the Blue Jays right now is still, and it's been like this for a couple of years. Like they've had some solid hitting, and obviously, it's improved now with guys like Springer, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be the pitching that is the difference maker for them. And you could honestly argue to a certain extent, because there's a lot of unknown, the same thing is really applies to the Yankees. Um, yeah. You got obviously Cole at the beginning, um, and that's what the Blue Jays don't have. They have, a, yeah. they have a legitimate, the Yankees have a legitimate ace in Cole. Um, now with the Blue Jays, yeah, they have some decent pitching, but but I, and it, w- yeah, exactly. But after the Yankee with the Yankees, after Cole, you know, who's your number two starter? No, n- nobody still nobody still knows. I mean, I think if the Yankees had to hope for down the road once the playoffs begin, who's going to be their number two? It would be hard to argue that they wouldn't say Severino would be the number two. But there's the unknown with him with the Tommy John surgery. Then you go to somebody like Kluber. I mean, who knows what he's going to be like? Um, and then you keep going down from there, you, whether you want to talk about Montgomery or any of the other Yankee pitchers that have been kind of the, the youth, the youth pipeline coming up, you know, you got Debbie, uh, you got Clark Schmidt, um, uh, Michael King, even. So when you have guys like that, you're really hoping to see who will, who will slot into the right areas. And uh, personally, I think the person who I'm most interested with, as far as the rotation is concerned, because I think he could be a difference maker is, is Jordan Montgomery. Um, I agree. Yeah. He, he kind of flexed his muscles a little bit in the playoffs last year. I mean, let's face it, when the Yankees were in game four, of the, the uh, ALDS against the Rays, and you see Montgomery starting the game. Can't think, feel too good. You think to yourself, oh, God, well, we're going to lose this one. And yep. obviously, he, it's not like he went eight innings, like struck out 10 and, you know, allowed a couple hit. I mean, did, he, what he, he went did for. He what
0: he needed to do. I exactly. Think he went four. Yeah. He did exactly. what he needed
1: to do. And I, and I think the, the main thing that the Yankees still have the philosophy of, and we'll get into the bullpen side of things in a little bit. But the main thing that the Yankees look at is other than Cole, they're not really asking any of their starting pitchers to maybe go more than five innings. And if they go six, I mean, they're tickled pink.
0: Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, you raise a red flag with that. Um, And again, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Kluber, uh, Jameson Tyon recently acquired from the Pirates. Exciting to have both of them in pinstripes. Obviously, the upside is there, but that's just the thing. They've both, and not so much Kluber. With Kluber, you're you got to have kind of you know the red flag is there because he's coming off a shoulder injury, um, right? And he pitched, he literally pitched one inning last year, and that's that scares you. He's a complete year from baseball. Jameson Tyone has had two Tommy John surgeries, now, right he's I've seen things about him working with his mechanics um shortening where his arm is in the slot or wh- whatever the terminology is sure um I think Garrett Cole and what I'm hoping for is that because they're very close, I think he can help him out maybe a little bit, but like you said, what's Severino gonna be when he comes back and when he comes and you know when does he come back is the thing um You've heard, you know, a little after the spring, you've heard, you know, late summer yesterday from Cashman. But we haven't even heard if he started throwing yet. Right. And that in itself is a bit concerning. Like you said, Cole, you know what you're gonna get. Montgomery, I'm you know, Jordan Montgomery right now, if you had to rely, if you if you're sitting here and saying, I'll give you Kluber, I'll give you Montgomery and Jamison Tyon to pitch in a game. Who are you going to rely on? I, I kind of think you have to rely on Jordan Montgomery because the last time we saw him, you know, he was pretty good. I'll yeah, and it's, and
1: it's just from a health standpoint too.
0: Yeah, and so in my opinion, you know, getting back to the Mayhew thing, he signed. You know, he gave him somewhat of a discount. You hope that with whatever money the Yankees have saved up, that around the time of the deadline, that they can bring someone in because. You know, the bullpen seems like it's a bit thin right now. And I know they just, you know, they they said they aren't done making moves. But, you know, with what they trying to stay under 210, who knows what they're going to do it at this point. You got to hope they can bring in another starter that can just eat innings because yeah. I don't know what, what to expect from Kluber.
1: Right. And I think the main thing that you have to look at as far as Kluber is concerned is if he is healthy, it's exactly who the Yankees want in terms of a pitcher. It's somebody who has experience. He knows how to pitch in a big game. He's had that experience. Now, has he had the most success in the big games? I think that's actually an interesting narrative to um, to mention. But the other thing as far as Kluber in big games is the team that hurt him the most in the playoffs has been the Yankees. so at least he's not yeah. going to have to worry about them. Um, but I think, I think you're right on so many things that you, you just said. And the one thing that... Um, the one thing that I find that I'm going to find the most interesting is if you want to look at the bullpen aspect of, of the Yankees, who is going to fill out the rest of the, of the bullpen? You know, you're going to have uh Chapman, you know, you're going to have Britain, you know, you're going to have O'Day who obviously just signed, you know, you're going to have, um, uh, am I missing somebody? I'm blanking on a name. Um, I'm trying you to say green,
0: you said green.
1: green. Thank you. Yeah. Chad okay. Green. Um, but after that, I think what's going to be interesting is the Yankees have so many pitchers who could be potential starting pitchers. Yeah. Um, but no, I, it, it'll it'll be, a... exactly. And it'll be interesting to see um, who makes the rotation and who doesn't. Um, and then obviously whoever doesn't, it'll be, um, it'll be fascinating to see who meshes into the bullpen correctly. Because we've seen in the past um, people who are starting pitchers, you know, the sixth or seventh guy, um, try and go into the bullpen and they just, they're not productive in any way. So it's really going to be trying to find that right, that right combination of starters and relievers, um, to fill out that bullpen, especially if we're talking about other than Cole. Um, I don't think the Yankees are looking for their starting pitchers to go more than five or six innings. Um, so, Yeah, from that perspective, I think it's going to be interesting, and um, we'll see where things go from there. But one thing that, as we're talking about pitching and whatnot, I feel like before we go any further, we have to say uh, our nice uh, our nice goodbyes and thank yous to uh, Masahiro Tanaka.
0: Tough. I uh, I wouldn't have minded to see him back. Um, With him, you just you know what you're going to get. I know last year kind of fell apart towards the end. Uh, You know, I'll always respect Tanaka. I thought he was a great Yankee and I truly believe that if George Steinbrenner was still alive, he would have loved everything about Tanaka. He took the ball every five days. You know, he never made an excuse if he had a bad outing. He was a great teammate pitched in some of the biggest games of the decade. You look at, you know, that game three against Cleveland and back in 17 that one, nothing win where he, him and Carrasco are just throwing up zeros. Right. Right. Um, you look at, you know, 2019 game one in Houston where he went into Houston. We all know the, the situation there. Yes, as, as, Ca- the
1: as Cashman called about the Astros recently, shenanigans.
0: Yeah, and it's just <laughs> impressive. I mean, the guy was a, the guy was a stud, and uh, he's he's going to leave it open to coming back. I don't know if I'm the Yankees, if that's, you know, the part of the pool i want to get in with bringing him back he's going to be a year older especially with that elbow man that was a ticking time bomb
1: yeah you're you're right about that and i think the other thing too is um right now it's it's like fresh in our minds it's right it's kind of like a raw feeling as far as him leaving and we're saying now oh yeah we welcome him back but we don't know what this whole year is going to be involved in after this year and it's not it's no offense to him but quite honestly, he's going to become an afterthought, um, in, in my opinion. And that's not to diminish what he gave to the Yankees for so long, but as people say all the time, and it's like an age-old cliche that we get tired of hearing, you know, this is a business. And at the end of the day, he was asking for quite a bit of money, allegedly. Of money. Uh, allegedly um, yeah, and then 15 to 20. Exactly, and then and then you see and then you see what he signs for in Japan, which kind of threw through everyone's for a loop a little bit. That makes you actually think: was it was it the money, or did the Yankees just not want him back? Um, but to get everything that he did for the Yankees was so was so good. Um, and then I do have to say, from the flip side of things, though, and the reason that I'm not so hurt that he's not coming back is you mentioned it: the wheels kind of came off at the end of last year. And even like you talked about, um, in the year prior in the ALCS against Houston, remember how he, he, you know, he pitched the lights out for what, five, five innings, but then remember how he said, um, it, it came out afterward, how he said, Oh, I was out of gas. It's like, yeah, you pitch five innings and then you're out of gas. I mean, yeah. I,
0: and then when he pitched, what was it? Three days later.
1: I, I know. And I, I respect Four it. I respect, I respect the honesty. Um, yeah but, at, but at the same, but at the same time, I mean, that, I don't, I don't know if, you know, especially a couple years later removed from that. Um, I don't know if, I mean, what's to say his fatigue level will be even worse. Um, yeah. So that, that's why I'm not like totally uh, distraught about him leaving. Um, but at the same time, you do have to, it's, it's more of me just appreciating what he did while he was with the Yankees, but moving forward, it was time. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue that it was time to move on. I, I, you can, you can, I, I would agree that, you know, it, it was time to move on Um. to to have him back. Yeah. It might've been nice, but I don't see an issue with, with uh, both parties uh, moving on at this point.
0: Like you said, you know, the comments about him feeling fatigue, you know, if you're, if you're pitching for the Yankees and you know, you're coming out and you're in October and you're feeling fatigued, that's, you know, that's the last thing they want to hear. Um, so yeah, that, that was very, it was very concerning. And like you said, he pitched, you know, he pitched five innings. They were great innings, but you know, again, that's, and then that's the last thing you want to hear if you're Aaron Boone or you're Brian Cashman. Um, like you said, I think you look at it now and you, you know, the emotion's still there. You know, he's still posting stuff on social media, thanking the city of New York, the fans, all that stuff. Same thing with his wife. So the emotion's still there, but, you know, bigger picture, Tanaka back for fifteen or twenty million dollars. Anyone that it's just not smart for the Yankees when you have a perfectly capable starter in Debbie Garcia who can fill that void, I think, and do a, you know a good job, if not you know better than Tanaka was, because Tanaka overall last year, you know, I didn't think he was as productive as many thought he would be.
1: No, and, and that's the problem that, um, you know, when he first came to New York, the, the main thing that he had to his advantage was um, everybody talked about a splitter and he still had a splitter and, and slider even um, just this past year. But the issue was the velocity on the fastball wasn't there. And we all know if you don't have velocity on your fastball in this day and age, more likely than not, you're not going to be the greatest of pitchers. Now, that's not to say that there are pitchers who don't have velocity and still have success because there are, Um, but more times than not, especially with nowadays, these, these, these hitters, they'll, they'll sit on the off speed. And then at that point, there's no deception um, because they know they can sit off speed and still catch up to his fastball. So like to, to wrap up with the Tanaka stuff, you're right. You know, you, you, you slot in a Debbie Garcia, you slot in a couple, any of the young guys, I think they can do just as well. And there's more upside at this point. And yeah, that's just the way, that's just the way it is. And that gets back to the whole business side of things, but that's our, uh, that's our little goodbye to Tanaka.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it was a good seven years. Couldn't get a championship out of it, unfortunately, but we were just talking about Kluber. So we'll get into Corey Kluber for a little bit. Sure. Um, one is so it's a prove it year deal for him um one year he's 34 years old basically hasn't pitched in two seasons um 11 million dollars i know a lot of people were upset by that and they thought that that was too much money cuz that initial you know tweet came out saying he'd be anywhere from 6 to 8 million dollars but when you sit back and realize that 25 teams were you know there to watch him throw That was never going to happen. Like, the interest was there, but that wasn't going to happen. And, you know, for the Yankees, they're taking a flyer on him. But the Yankees have um, something going for them. They have Matt Blake, who was a long time in Cleveland, helped develop Bauer and Bieber and all those guys, and helped Corey Kluber because, you know, Corey Kluber before he was a Cy Young, you know, award winner in back-to-back years, I think he was pretty – you know, pedestrian. And, uh, yeah, looking at – I have some of his stats in front of me. I mean, 11, 12, and 13, um, you know, his ERA is up around, you know, in 11 it's at 8, 12 it's at 5, and in 2013 it's up around 4. So I think Matt Blake would not have – you know, I think they looked at Matt Blake and said, if you think that this guy can still produce at a high level for us and still be, you know – a key player for us, then you know we're going to give him the go, and that's why I feel confident in it. You can't feel confident that he'll give you 200 innings, but as far as taking the ball every fifth day, maybe, and just being competitive, you got to feel pretty good about it.
1: Yeah, and I think you bringing up um, Matt Blake is is the thing that I was hoping you would actually bring up, and I was going to say it if you didn't because. When we were, um, when the news came out initially, you had sent me a text at one point because I was kind of, I was kind of up in the air about the decision. But then, then I, I brought up the point that well, they must have seen something during that that kind of exhibition throw day um, thing that he had. And um, then you brought up the con- I didn't even think about this. I I didn't I didn't I didn't draw the comparisons between Matt Blake and the past history with the Indians. So. When I thought about that, I thought that was an interesting, uh, interesting perspective. And then at the same time, the other part is that you just mentioned, and I, I'm sure you would agree with this: uh, the the guy who probably might be feeling some of the most pressure in regard to the Kluber signing is Matt Blake, because he was probably the guy that vouched for him the most. Um I would agree with that, yeah. And I and I think when when it comes down to it, you have to. I mean, you have you have to have confidence in yourself to have success in, in any professional sport or any sport, but in, just in life, you have to have confidence in yourself to have success. Um, Cause if you don't have that, then you're going to go nowhere. So for Matt Blake to have confidence in his pitching beliefs, in Kluber's pitching beliefs and in his, you know, pitching coach knowledge, I think that's going to be something to have an interesting perspective on. Um, so, You know, you want to talk about pitching gurus, different things like that. Maybe maybe, uh, Matt Blake can be Kluber's uh, pitching guru.
0: You hope so. Um, Matt Blake, when when Corey Kluber signed, you wonder if Matt Blake kind of sent him a text or called him and was like, you know, (laughs) you got to come through for him, man. Because I bet, you know, if Kluber isn't, you know, what the Yankees are expecting, you know, you wonder if Matt Blake, uh, you know, feels any of that or, you know, feels the heat from that. Um, you know, the theme with the Yankees rotation, you know, it's a lot of upside because if you think about it, if the rotation, if these guys all perform to, you know, what the back of their baseball card is, then, you know, the Yankees have the best rotation in baseball. Um, but it's just, you're not, you can't be sure. Yeah. And and
1: no, that's totally understandable. And I think too, um, before we kind of wrap it, wrap up the conversation about the pitching aspect of things is you look at the um, you look at the division that the Yankees are in this year and you look at um, we don't, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. We don't know exactly what the season will look like still um, whether it might be a little bit condensed again. But if you look at the, the, the main bulk of what the Yankees pitching staff is going to have to go up against. Yeah. You're a little worried about Toronto, um, Tampa Bay, I don't think you're worried about as much now. Baltimore, you're not worried about. And even Boston still, you're not worried about.
0: I think um, Boston lingers. I think Boston yeah, lingers. Um, yeah, no,
1: that, that's fair. Um, and then, but the rest of the rest of the AL, I mean, it's hard to argue that. I mean, right now, the Yankees are definitely the, could be the best team. And I think they're definitely in the top three if you want to throw in maybe like the White Sox or the Blue Jays at this point. Um, and I don't think you can really even throw in anybody in the West anymore. I mean, maybe maybe the Astros, um, the A's lost a lot this off season, but, but the, the main thing, the main thing that I look at is the Yankees will have a regular season to see exactly what they have for, for pitching. And then they'll go into the playoffs, which quite honestly has kind of been the theme of the past couple of years. Yankees know they're going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of what they do in the playoffs. So the the um, the regular season for the Yankees in terms of pitching is going to be a, a huge, uh, huge, huge test room, um, to see who exactly fits in the right spot. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that. I, I don't think that um, I quite honestly, I don't think everything that, we're th- you know, there could be a wild card thrown in it at the trade deadline or different signings throughout the year, because that's that's usually the way baseball works, especially with especially with injuries that go along with pitchers. So that's going to be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. Um, as far as the AL goes, I mean, you want to say the White Sox. I think the White Sox are definitely the biggest uh, threat to the Yankees. I, don't I would really say think,
1: before. Hold on, hold on. Before you go any further, though, I would say, honestly, the Blue Jays are probably a bigger threat just because they're in the division and they play on more.
0: I'd agree. I just look at that rotation for Toronto. And again, I'm not going to sit here and true, say rotation is any better, but that rotate, you know, it's. Ryu, who the Yankees have hit in the past, and Ryu, who really—I mean, when the postseason came two years ago for the Dodgers, he kind of hit the wall, and then it's falling. You're going from that to Robbie Ray to right, Tristan to guy. I mean, to Stephen Mats. I mean, they just acquired Stephen Matz. The I Yankees
1: that that'll be the Yankees' punching bag this year, Stephen Matts.
0: Yeah, um, you know what would really concern me is if. Because the blue jays have said they're done spending money, but what would concern me is if the blue jays just said, you know, screw it, we're gonna get Trevor Bauer. Because yeah, that would be they, that would be that would be a twist. Because then they would have and Bauer's not I don't think Bauer and Cole you can compare. I think Cole is just he's in his own world compared to Trevor Bauer. That's my opinion. Well,
1: you um, could say Trevor Bauer's in his own world too.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, but for different for different reasons. <laughs> yes. Um That'd be, but you know, you would, that's, they would then have a legit starting pitcher and we would, so it's almost going to even out. Right. And then right. after that, it's, you know, whose two, three, four and five starters are going to be better. You know, is, are the Yankees, you know, middle of the rotation guys going to, you know, perform better than, you know, the blue Jays and we'll leave it up to see. I think the white Sox are a tough team. Um, that lineup is loaded. Uh, they have you know Moncada, uh, Anderson, uh, the greatest Yankee to ever wear a uniform, Edwin Encarnacion. <laughs> um, the bullpen they have a solid bullpen. They I know they signed Liam Hendricks, so in my yeah that I mean, that's I think a, it's... that was it's, the,
1: that's one of their best signings, honestly.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about, and I know many Yankee, I know a lot of Yankee fans, um, you know that I've seen on Twitter. I mean, Yankee fans on Twitter want everybody, but I know right. Yankee fans on Twitter realistically wanted uh, Liam Hendricks. I wanted Liam Hendricks, but not for $15 million a year or whatever he no. signed for. I think giving a relief pitcher that much money is a thing of the past when you can just take a starter like we've mentioned and, you know, that's the sixth or seventh guy like you said, and you can put him in the bullpen and they can eat innings for you. Sure. So and I, I think it's the White Sox. Uh, I think it's the Yankee's White Sox the Yankees far more experienced. Um, I don't really think there's a way the Yankees don't come out of the AL this year, unless, you know, they just are so beat up and unless guys just don't produce in the postseason. But again, things play out funny and, you know, we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah. And, and, as far as talking about guys beat up and stuff like that and we'll we'll talk about this more and obviously uh future episodes but the main the main thing we can talk about here and i feel like before we go any further like we're literally just recapping months of news just into one episode so we'll have more time to go into things in future episodes but (laughs) um the main thing Uh, that I think about as far as the age old thing. It's like, can these guys stay healthy? Can judge stay healthy? Can Stanton stay healthy? And honestly me saying that sound makes me probably sound like such a, a novice because it's like, well, anybody can say that, but that's like the biggest storyline that the Yankees have is can those guys stay healthy? Like, yeah, it's not like an in-depth take because it's quite, it's the most obvious thing that goes along with the Yankees at this point. So Um, the, the offensive side of things, the, the bats are going to be going at different times. I mean, I think, I think maybe, Hey, maybe on next week's episode, we talk about, um, you know, what, what line what we would like the lineups to be. I'll present mine, you present yours, um, as far as what the Yankees have at this point. But I think, I think moving forward, as far as, as far as the lineup is concerned, It's solid. It's going to be solid. It always, it always will be. And I think, um, and I know we kind of wanted to talk about some rumors and stuff to kind of wrap some stuff up. Um, I would love, I still would love to see a little guardy party back in the, back in the lineup, at least, at least coming off the bench. I'm not, I'm not calling for Gardner to be the starting left fielder. I think that's Fraser's spot now. I think he deserves it. Um, But I would love. I would love to see Gardner kind of fill out the roster a little bit, and they have a little bit more money left to uh, spend. But I mean, what do you think about um, what the Yankees should do with the money they have left, and what what they might want to go after to kind of round out the roster a little bit? Because it's not going to be like a deep deep splurge of spending or anything. It's just going to be kind of finessing different things into the right spots for for um, you know specified specified needs that the Yankees feel like they need to have.
0: I would like a. I I would like another bullpen arm. Um, okay. you know, look, I've seen Louis Sessa in the past. I know what he is. <laughs> um, I know what he isn't so I'm not, and I'm not sold. Um, Trevor Rosenthal's a name. I know Shane green's a name, Shane green. he's but he was a Yankee, I think
1: 2014, 2015. Yeah. and
0: he was, he was decent. He was in the, the DD Gregorius trade. He was in the trade that brought DD Gregorius. Um, I think they used him as a starter then. But yes, you know, I would like to see one of those two. If again, if the price is right, I mean, if they're asking for, you know, stupid money, then I mean, it's, you know, then work with what you have. I think the can still give you innings. I think King can be effective. Um, I myself would love to see Brett Gardner back, but not starting. Like you said, I yeah. think every Yankee fan knows that it's Clint Frazier's time. Uh, Brian Cashman, I mean, the guy and I don't think the Yankees were sold on Clint Frazier just with everything that happened um, two years ago where, you know, he had a rough game on Sunday Night Baseball and he snuffed the media Mm -hmm. and left his teammates to, you know, to speak for him. And then they sent him down a little bit after that. But Brian Cashman said yesterday that, you know, Clint's their guy going forward. He's that, you know, looked for him to be in left field every day. I would bring Gardy back. Um, you know, guys on the team seem like they like him. Um, yeah. He's a great, good clubhouse guy. You know, he'd be the last acting member of um, that 2019. team.
1: Unless they bring, unless, uh, perfect transition, unless they bring D Rob back.
0: That would be interesting. Uh, I know D Rob's coming off of uh, Tommy Jones. So I wouldn't mind D Rob coming back. He's, you know, one- you know,
1: he can do it in New York. That's the thing.
0: Yeah. And, out of any relief pitcher the Yankees have had over the past like five years. Yeah. I think David Robertson is the only guy where if he's come into a game and I've like turned it off, I'm like, all right, you know, he got the job done or, you know, he didn't blow it or he didn't, you know, walk the bases loaded and then, you know, get out of it, which I mean, we've seen him do it a couple times, but sure. I, have, I have a lot of faith in, in D Rob. So I wouldn't mind seeing him back. I know I presented that option to you a couple times. So, for me, if the price is right on those guys, you know, maybe Rosenthal or green. What or about Rodgers, Justin Wilson? It's tough. I, I don't know.
1: It's a left hander.
0: Do, do you have, I was just going to say that. Do you have an issue with having three lefties in, in the bullpen?
1: No. Cause I don't think it matters as much anymore. Okay. I, I, I mean, mean, for, for Brit, I don't have a problem with it because for Chapman and Britain, the whole lefty righty matchup thing doesn't matter as much, but like, last year i i can't even remember who the guy's name who was the was it Luis avalon yes like he was with the yankees for what a, a minute yeah
0: literally <laughs> probably and he was yeah.
1: terrible um yeah. that's what the yankees really haven't uh, you, you can kind of argue that's what the yankees really haven't had in a little bit Is kind of a guy just generally specifically for lefties but i mean they have left-handed pitchers um but this whole the whole thing with like you know bullpen guys have to face three consecutive guys unless yeah. it's the beginning or start of an inning that kind of eliminates the whole lefty specialist thing but i don't know i mean justin wilson was with the yankees at one point he's had some success um but if i had to make my list it would be uh, quite honestly d rob justin wilson um rosenthal would be actually an interesting thing he'd probably be my uh, my third pick um I, I think that i think that could actually be pretty interesting
0: the only, the only thing was, and I'm only saying Trevor Rosenthal. I mean, I've, I haven't done any, you know, research on him. I'm just telling you Trevor Rosenthal because, you know, I've seen so many people vouch for him. Sure. But um, I would say probably D-Rob and Gardie. Um I would – I want to see the Yankees make a move at the deadline. I mean, they – whether they're in a position to or not or they, you know, I look back to 2019 and it was like – you knew they were going to win the division. You knew they were going to go to the postseason. You knew they were going to go to the league championship series. But you also knew they were going to play – they were going up against the Astros. And what the Astros had that the Yankees didn't have was, you know, Verlander, Cole, and then, of course, Granke. The Yankees had ample opportunities. And this is the only time that I think I've ever been irritated with Cashman was you had a chance to get Strowman, You had a chance to get Bauer. You had a chance to get – Oh, uh, who's the guy that pitched for the Met Zach Wheeler?
1: Zach Wheeler, yeah.
0: you know, Baumgartner, I think his name was floated out a little bit. And you know, none of those guys I think equal a Garrett Cole or a Justin Verlander or even a Zach Granke. No. But it's the fact that those guys could have come in and they could have eight innings, they could have pitched in big innings, could have saved the bullpen. Um you know, I want them to be in the best position possible come that is this, it's still July 31st. Yeah. July 31st. Come yeah. the, the deadline where I don't know, maybe if Luis Castillo for some crazy chance is available and the Reds are selling, you know, maybe you make a move for him. I don't think in the middle of the season, you know, the price would be as steep as what it's going to be in the off season. Um, but maybe something like that, or maybe just another, you know, arm that you can bring in that makes one or two starts for you in the postseason season that uh, can come in and just, you know, pitch, you know, six innings, eight innings or something and uh, get outs. Um, that's what I'd like to do. I mean, we'll see. I know Cashman likes to prospect tug, but yeah,
1: yes, yes, he does. I mean, they have, they have so many, at some point you got to, you got to make some moves into a certain extent they have um, with some different trades. It's just, I think the main thing is this, it's the, when you get into rumors, when you get into different trade possibilities, the Yankee fans want and ourselves included to a certain extent, you know, we want the big name guy. We, we don't, we don't want no offense to, no offense to some of the moves that they've made during the offseason season. Um, but you want to if you're going to make a trade you want to be like you want to make a big splash um and we just don't know the problem is and I feel like you would agree with this the biggest issue with the Yankees offseason entry and entering this year is all of the unknowns the Yankees have more unknowns this year I feel like than they have had in quite some time um especially on the pitching side of things so I think that's the issue that you get into when you're thinking about trades and different rumors is you want somebody who, you know, is like a a good lock to be productive. And I feel like that's maybe something that the Yankees are, are lacking at this point.
0: I'm going to tell you
1: not to say, I just want to say, and, and not to say, not to say that they won't be productive. It's just a matter of, it's not, it's not like a lock, like people want to want to have at times.
0: Right. We haven't, they, we haven't seen, you know, we know James, you know, Tyon's number two pick in the draft that, you know, saw Harper and Machado. We, we know that, but we haven't seen him do it in New York. I mean, sure. We really haven't seen him do it in Pittsburgh. Um, You know, we've seen Kluber do it, but we haven't seen Kluber do it recently. Um, Garcia, you know, what is he going to be? You know, we don't know that yet. My opinion on the whole thing with Cashman and acquiring starting pitching and it's, it's a viable point. Sonny Gray, I think to this day, like just gives him nightmares because yeah he's like permanently him,
1: scarred <laughs>
0: he, yeah he probably sat back and was like you know man I Luis Castillo he's you know he's a great pitcher in Cincinnati but Cincinnati's right. not New York and i couldn't imagine being in cashman shoes where it's like i'm going to give up you know half the farm system and get a guy that you know, we realized two and a half, three months from now, like, can't handle pitching in New York. I mean, I couldn't even imagine it. So I can see him with these low risk, um, high reward guys. Because, again, Tyon didn't cost him anything. I mean, if you think about it, they were guys that they weren't going to use in the next two years. Um, Kluber, I mean, it's just money out of their pocket. I mean, it's $11 million It's for one year.
1: Well, yeah, it's uh, a flyer. Either. It's It's a total yeah. flyer
0: either does it or, you know, he either does it or, you know, he doesn't. Um, you know, in a way, I think he's backed into a corner because, you know, when teams call it, when Cashman calls teams for starting pitching, it's going to start with we either want Torres or we want Dominguez.
1: <laughs> and,
0: um, <laughs> he's not going to go there, and for good reason. I saw, so, a
1: me- I saw a meme on Twitter. It was when uh, – what trade was it? Uh, oh the the fiasco with the um Luis Castillo trades and uh it was it was um Yankees saying you know like we want you know we would like to trade for Luis Castillo and the for, it's like this guy with just like this stupid face and it's like Reds GM can we have Glaber Torres it's <laughs> like why do people think he's even an option anymore I mean he's a it's it's just, he's a mainstay with the Yankees. He's, it's crazy to think about, but he's been with the Yankees for a while now. And like, he's not, he's not, he's not somebody that they're going to trade. He's not, he's not a prospect anymore. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it, it would be like the the Yankees um, uh, going, at, I don't know. It's just, it's, I could give any scenario in the book, but I feel like I already explained it enough, but it's just frustrating in that sense that they're still asking for Torres.
0: In my this is something I thought about, and i I asked my mom about it. She's a huge Labor Torres fan. yeah um, i I told her because I mean she keeps up with it, but not you know, like I do or like you know, we both like we both sure. do. Yep. Um, so you know i I was telling her about Luis Castillo and you know why the Yankees should you know pursue him if the price is right. And she, of course asked, you know, what would a package look like? And I said, well, the Reds want Torres, and she said absolutely not. Right. In my opinion, I would make a move if it was Torres for Castillo, straight up, I would do it. And I'll explain to you why. Okay. I feel like you might disagree with me. I know a lot of people have disagreed with me. It in my eyes, and it's not too complex, but it's the Yankees are better with Luis Castillo as their number two and having Garrett Cole as their number one than the Yankees are with Garrett Cole as their one, a lot of unknowns, and then Glaber Torres at shortstop where, you know, okay, maybe two weeks ago, this would have been, you know, good when there was a shortstop still on the market. But that's just my opinion. I think that you have Cole and Castillo, you're better off than having Cole with a bunch of unknowns and then just another power righty. Granted, Torres is still an amazing player. He's still so young, you know. That's just, you know, that's. I'm sure if it happened, I'd feel differently. Um,
1: but the main, the main thing with Glaber is is going to be his defense, and and that's obviously a weak point in his game, especially if he's playing that short. Um, but I, I agree with you to a certain extent with like the whole straight up trade, but I I, I would disagree in the sense that you're trading Torres, as an everyday player for somebody who's only going to, who, who's only going to perform for you every, every, every five days. Um, okay. yeah. that, I'd, I'd agree with there. that, but, but I, but I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you completely. I'm just kind of, I'm just trying to describe some of the flip side of things. Um, and that's the thing with a trade, you know, when you have a trade, neither side is going to be completely happy. Each side is going to hurt a little yes. bit. That's what a fair trade is. Yep. Um, but when you when you look at the potential of um, Garrett Cole and Luis Castillo like a one two punch, um, I think that's great. I think the main thing, and you mentioned it before, is this guy's coming from Cincinnati. Can he do that, it? That's can, my biggest. That's can, my
0: biggest fear. Can
1: he do it in New York? And it's like sunny Gray. It could. Is it Sonny Gray two or is it actually going to be somebody who's going to produce? And then, can you imagine if Luis Castillo turns into, into Sunday Gray 2.0, and we don't have Labor Torres, and like Tyler Wade is our Tyler Wade is our starting shortstop. I mean, yeah, Tyler, I, uh, Tyler Wade is a serviceable player, but he's not a guy I want. I, I don't want to pencil him into my lineup every single day.
0: Yeah, and it's tough. It it really has got to be hanging over Cashman because that's the biggest thing. Is he just basically said, you know, when they were talking about trading him, that you know Sunday Gray just couldn't handle pitching in New York and I partially believe that and partially you know I want to think you know I want to blame Larry Rothschild yeah you know we saw Sonny Gray pitch in 2017 he pitched in what was it that I was I, I was there it was what game was it was it it was game four where they had that crazy comeback you know yes. Todd Frazier and Chase Headley you know falling over between second and first and <laughs> yes like he pitched I mean all all granny he pitched five innings but he pitched five you know shutout innings yeah and, and you know he was good but yeah I couldn't imagine you know the more that you know you bring that up the more I think about it I think yeah the less I would be against making that move um because I couldn't even imagine that and and then, you know, you told me the same thing. Imagine the pressure Castillo would be under had he been tra- traded to New York because Yankee fans are basically just like speak trying to speak it into existence to sure. a point where Jeff Passon went on Twitter and said that no trade happened and then made the, the Reds GM <laughs> right. out and publicly say, like, we're not trading this guy. So yeah. I, could, I couldn't even imagine that. And one other thing I've seen people. Talk about the Yankees bringing back Sonny Gray because the Reds are trying to trade him. Mm-hmm. I, I've been, we've been down that road before. We've seen it. We know what it's like. I was the same way with Lance Lynn. I've seen it. I, you know, we lived it. Don't need to see it again. <laughs> right. I just.
1: No, I think
0: it's, th- it, it's th- not going to happen.
1: There's better. There's better options. You don't need to. You don't need to. There's other actually. You don't there's need there's to be letting internally. Internally. Right. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't need to be letting go of things that you already have or some, something that you have had and you kind of saw a sample size for it. Yeah. Um, But at the, at the end of the day, I think the interesting thing as far as that's concerned, as far as like that type of rumor is concerned is the Yankees are, are very high on Glaber Torres, even though he's obviously shown some, some glimpses of things that might not be so great. But I, I just, I, I think, you said it too. He's young. He's going to get better, and hopefully, hopefully, he's a guy come playoff time. He's proven it in the past that um, he, he's he's one of the main he's one of the main pieces that um, is contributing to hopefully hopefully a championship at the end of the year.
0: You can just you can chalk it up to a uh, to sixty games. That's all you know. You think yeah. about during one sixty two guys have you know mediocre. You know, sixty game script, sixty game stretches, and it just goes unnoticed. You know, I heard he came in, you know, out of shape a little bit because they didn't really know when the season was going to start. Right. Um, I'll just chalk up a bad year to a uh, you know to a sixty game schedule, and I think we'll see Glaber Torres, you know, be Glaber Torres uh, in twenty twenty
1: one. Yeah. And you, you know, and you just said you. Excited. You just said this was. It might have been a bad year for last year, but I think this was a great first episode. Yeah, without a I, doubt. I think. Uh, I think we did. A, I think we did a pretty good job. So we haven't decided this, and you know this will be. This will be literally on the pod as we discuss this. Am I going to sign us off, or are you going to sign us off? Who's going to have? No, the, who's going to have the cool I, intro? Uh, who's going to have the cool outro? I, I should say.
0: I let it off. You. uh
1: So I you need wanna, to. You I wanna need be to close. Rivera,
0: you close, close sure. The door?
1: I can I can close it off so before we do that um we our plan is to kind of you know leading up to the season um you know hopefully maybe do it well maybe do an episode once a week you know if things come up we'll do different things here and there um but uh before before we get into more episodes I think we're excited to just be doing this and finally get it off the ground and Next week, like I said, the one thing for sure that we'll be doing is we will both be presenting our what we think should be our opening day lineups. I think that'll be fun little fodder to have, um, and then we'll see whatever whatever else might yeah. be going on. So I think it'll be fun. But in the meantime, thank you everybody for listening, and until next time, we are exiting the Yankee Chambers.